Hello and welcome to another episode of Satya Samvad. Good evening. I am your host Satya Chakrapani. And at the outset, I would like to wish you a very happy Lori, happy Makar Sankranti, happy Uttarayan, happy Pongal, happy Bihu. My goodness, I can't pronounce all the names. The festival that we just celebrated all over the country, we celebrated a festival. of harvest with so many names so many colors and that's what the india and asian culture is all about we celebrate every day something or the other we celebrate humanity creation and a way to thank god for diversity richness and prosperity just like indian celebrate these festival the mukti ved records various festivals including harvest festival thanksgiving etc the book of leviticus records several festivals that were appointed by god like the festival of weeks we call shabbat the day of the first fruit bikram sukkot harvest festival and asians always tell the story linking one festival to another and that is how the jews history is constructed that's how the human history has evolved festival contribute immensely to feeling of social cohesion many such celebrations focus on culture or ethnic topics they seek to inform communities members one generation to the another they transfer traditions and of the various learnings and how the society has evolved how their community has evolved what the uh, these festival mean to communities around us and how we can be part of each other's celebration the celebrations of these communities to discuss today we have a wonderful panel of guests who will explore from their personal life their experiences around communities and the places they have lived around they have diverse group of people that will who will talk to us today let me welcome dr anand abraham dr anand abraham is a pastor in delhi bible fellowship based out of greater noida uttar pradesh he is a physicist grew up in chatisgarh and went on to study theology from union biblical seminary and his phd from asbury college in us Dr Anand welcome you in our midst thank you for sparing your time with us today let my second panel guest is miss bhanumati as a versatile person i suppose coach a woman a person a mother a sister a, a spouse a daughter and daughter in law the one who loves the culture celebration festivity and in interested in building youth with new vigor and energy ms banubati welcome in our midst with this satsamvad thank you hello my third panel is it's the one who is really interested and one who has been engaged in the celebrations exploring the various celebration in the various <coughs> communities dr vasanta rao who is a principal of united theological seminary college in a uh, based out of bangalore 
his work goes from one culture to another exploring festivals celebrations and finding reason purpose and meaning behind his person who is earns his doctorate in, and has taught various reputed institute of global repute dr vasanth rao thank you for sparing your time with us today and we will look forward for very enriching evening with these three people uh, uh, to understand celebrations and festivities and our life in jewels so let me let me get uh, straight to uh, to our guest in our conversation on the festivals and celebrations dr anand let me come to you straight away what festival did you celebrate in your childhood what all did you do what do you, what what they all these festival mean to you okay so a little background of my childhood is uh, i grew up in a christian family when i say christian i mean people uh, who are born again my parents were already believers so growing up uh, we were like as kids and even young people free to just uh, be with our friends during their celebrations though personally at home we did not celebrate anything not because we disliked it or we hated it or we had any apprehensions or we disliked our neighbors no it's only thing that we it didn't mean anything to us so it's like uh, our celebrations went uh, up to the point of say wishing our neighbors receiving sweets to them and uh, being with them and you know watching their excitement and you know being happy with them that was the extent of celebration that i did as i grew up but beyond that uh, because it didn't mean anything to us uh, we didn't have a personal celebration at home i i can just give a little example during you know i grew up in a, a state called chatisgarh where durga puja and ganesh chaturthi and all are quite big and uh, as a young boy i remember me and my brother used to walk around the city just watching all these durga puja pandals and really we enjoyed watching that and uh, and to see how they beautifully they have done it up and all that but never felt the need to personally participate into any of the festivities uh, just being with the uh, with our friends and when uh, say for holi they come home and they want to put their colors on me i was happy but i never felt that i have to do it or i was just being with my friends when they are lighting up all these uh, lights and uh, uh, crackers during diwali and i enjoyed watching all that so that's what it meant to me as, uh, an excitement because at a uh, at a level of social interaction it was my celebration that's all not beyond that miss bhanumati uh, what is your experience and how do you see uh, those experience of childhood that growing up and today how, what what these festivals mean to you and how do you uh, celebrate these festivals yeah um, a little bit about my background uh, uh, i am a tamilian uh, grew up in chennai Uh, and a, a brahmin uh, belong to a brahmin community so uh, predominantly like navratri diwali uh, pongal the harvest festival and then ganesh chaturthi uh, krishna jayanti you know we we celebrate something called kartikeya deepam in december and apart from that uh, there are so many other festivals like tamil new year's day 
and uh, uh, small small festivals uh, which are like season based uh, ritual based like uh, small small nomb varlakshmi nomb karadya nomb like certain things uh, each has its own significance so as a child as a in my childhood i had lots of fun basically i had lot of lots of fun celebrating these festivals especially you know navratri where we keep uh, uh, you know nine steps and you know full full of dolls uh, all over the uh, house you know with lot of lots of lights and we used to invite our relatives friends to our house to have to sing songs in the evenings and into uh, to eat some specific grams and sundal we call it and a sweet and uh, we go to we also go to friends and relatives place and it's a lot of fun basically uh, as a child it's like food fun festivities colors you know diwali has its own uh, uh, colors and you know diyas and sweets and food and a pongal you know where we have, we make one sweet uh, pongal we make one savory pongal and we have each festival had its own food varieties and each festival had its own uh, ritual rituals specific rituals and it was sort of fun in the childhood i mean i thoroughly enjoyed for me nothing has changed much um, i've been married for uh, 22 23 years now and only thing is uh, uh, when i was a child i didn't have work in the kitchen so i was free from all that i could just enjoy <laughs> and do nothing Uh, but as a family person a family woman as a woman of the house i'm supposed to be responsible for most of the thing uh, of course my mother in law is there to guide me um, uh, through intricacies and through the procedures but i have to do so i have some time in a lot of time i spend in the kitchen um, otherwise nothing much has uh, changed and i have adapted to the um, you know tradition followed by my in laws so sometimes you know it differs you know my parents house one tradition you know for example you know one uh, one particular thing like varlakshmi vardham we we never used to do in my mother's place because my father's family didn't follow that but after marriage uh, uh, my husband's family follows that so we do so there's those kind of minor changes but uh, majorly nothing i still thoroughly enjoy everything Dr. Vasant, uh, let me come to you because uh, you uh, you have you you have you have been celebrating the different festivals at different times, but you also studied these festivals. Oh yes, yes. You have done a lot of experiments these with festivals. Yes, sir. What what is that? I mean, how do how do I understand? How do we understand what your engagement with these festivals and how do you see these festivals play out? always looked for holidays as children so a festival would mean we get nice holidays and what do we do in the holidays there is uh, there's a twofold blessing in these festival holidays one is to we get to stay with our own families and secondly we get to have more interaction with our close friends and circles who belong to other faiths you know so this interaction i think has enriched me uh, a lot as a uh, 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 sister banumati has said food also becomes a very very important thing you know in india food is very central food will decide your identity food will decide your acceptability food will uh, decide uh, your social circle you know at this time 
uh, I should say, for example, when Bakrit was going on, then, you know, my Muslim friends, not only me, my sisters and brothers, we always used to get some nice uh, uh, meat on that day. And when we get meat on that day, the, the, uh, the, the way one addresses the other, you know, Bayya, Babi, Didi, you, we hear those words which are so touching in heart. So also when Dasara comes and the other festivals comes, you know, this special food is given. I remember uh, we have Hindu families in my uh, family circle and I used to call Mama, that is Mamu, uh, Atta, and that is Auntie. And one side, uh, Didi uh, and other things and Mamu and other things. So Hindu, Christian, Muslim in these festivals, the way we address each other makes us to be belonging to a wider human family knit together with these social words which are only applicable to a closed family. But now this becomes a wider family. So I always uh, uh, felt that Festivals give us an opportunity to um, liquidate our specific identities and invite us into a wider family of humanity uh, with these opportunities. Well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 26, 5, uh, a wandering Aramean was my father. That means it's a nomadic people or a semi-nomadic people. And uh, they come to Canaan and then they go to Egypt. Uh, they are pastoral uh, people. And when they get to Egypt, they become labor uh, to make bricks. And when they are traveling for the 40 years, you know, they are there in the wilderness. And only when they come to Canaan, suddenly Canaan is an agricultural setup. And there are festivals already going on. You know, the three major festivals, it is universal. Not we'll leave just canon, but you uh, rightly mentioned festival. I think harvest is the occasion for festivity. Whether there is any stipulated festival, institutionalized festival, that festivity is always there in harvest. And I think in the in the in the universal setup, harvest is the occasion for festivity and festivals. And when the Israelites had come to Canaan, this is the first time they are becoming agriculturists, not before. That would mean then, you know, uh, the people who are already into agriculture, the people who are Canaanites, uh, they are into agriculture and they have these harvest festivals. The three harvest festivals that the Canaanites had um, and the calendar that we get from the uh, 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 archaeology uh, from the canon is an agricultural calendar. So when to sow uh, wheat, when to sow barley, when to uh, reap uh, the, the fruit, all that. The first ever calendar that we get is an agricultural calendar. Now, my biggest uh, dilemma that probably the Israelites had was what to do when we go to agriculture. You know, when you when you have to learn dance, you have to pay your worship uh, to the Nataraj. Unless you do your uh, worship to Nataraj, you don't start a dance class. Unless you pay your respects to Saraswati, you can't start a veena or a vocal. 
Now that was the uh, that was the situation for the Israelites in Canaan because everywhere there are agricultural festivals going on. But they did a very brilliant thing. <laughs> the brilliant thing that they did was the first festival of the Canaanites was uh, the barley harvest. The barley harvest because barley grows very quickly. And so the very first harvest that comes was the barley harvest and all are engaged in barley harvest. And once the barley harvest is done for seven days, there is a festival. Everybody is eating, everybody is getting new barley, everybody is baking. And the Canaanite festival that was already existing before the Israelites came to Palestine was the unleavened bread. That is an agricultural festival. So unleavened mm -hmm. bread has nothing to do with the Israelites. So, so you see, you are seeing, Dr. Vasanta, that uh, uh, a nomad pastoral which had a different festivals. Yes. Moving in, converting, and that's a very interesting story that you are putting it. They are moving from pastoral and nomadic life to settle down and become agriculturists. And when they become agriculturists, because they have a habit of celebration, they have to figure out a new festival. Well, there is already an existing festival going on in Canaan with the Canaanites. Yeah, so they pick the festival from their neighbors. Exactly. Exactly. But for them is the biggest dilemma. Like, you know, Canaanites believe that uh, Earth uh, is uh, this, uh, the, the, you know, the, the agricultural gods, Asherah and Baal, you know, they, you know, they have this uh, relationship and then, you know, the outcome is the produce. Now the question comes, they, they also get barley. The Israelites also get barley. They also cut and they also have to fest participate in the festival. But do they want to say that this is the produce we got because Baal and Asherah were having good time and this is the produce? That is the biggest dilemma, how you interpret. So what they did was they made a historical event in their liberative experience of God when God liberated them from Egypt with the Passover was put as the commemoration of the Passover into the barley harvest festival of the unleavened bread of the Canaanites. Wow, that's that's a very fascinating, Dr. Vasanta. This uh, uh, your uh, this story. A slight uh, different understanding of this human invention. I don't think it's a human invention. Uh, it was something that was told to them and was given to them in the law. Let, in let, me, let, me say, let me say it is a human discovery. It was already there. It was human discovery. Okay, no, let me clarify. In Leviticus 23, um, Rosh Hashanah, and then in uh, later in same chapter, Yom Kippur, then in same chapter, Sukkot, then uh, uh, Purim, which is one of their important ones. These are all, I'm not going into the names. Let me tell that these are not just uh, when they say celebrate it is not just a social interaction with the people around there was a spiritual aspect to all the celebrations that were told to them in the law it was not just a social aspect there was a spiritual aspect involved and for example i'll just take the uh, the one he mentioned uh, uh, sir mentioned with all due respect uh, regarding the uh, the Passover feast, or uh, which we they also call the feast of the unleavened bread. Unleavened. 
Now that has a very specific reason and God tells them to do it right while they were in the journey of that 40 years. What happened is in the night they were told to leave by the Egyptian Pharaoh and by practice all the Jewish people they always ate leavened roti if I can use the word roti. Leavened roti means you need it today in the evening and you bake the roti, roll the roti and make chapatis in the morning. So the whole night the kneaded dough used to get leavened and they always ate, even now they eat leavened rotis every day. And that is not just Jewish culture, other cultures also. But on the night they were asked to leave by Pharaoh, middle of the night, they are rushing with their kids and their cattle and whatever little things they had. They are walking and having a journey in the night. So in the morning, wherever they halted for rest, they camped, let's eat something, we are tired. We now they don't have leavened bread, uh, leavened atta with them because they did not do it in the night. So that was the morning where they are making fresh dough, just like we Indians do. We knead the dough and make rotis right away. So that was an unleavened bread. So God wanted them to remember how I rescued you. Let this be commemorated. It's not just a celebration. It's a commemoration and remembrance of what I did so that your children will know. So once in a year you do this and your children will ask, how come we are eating a unleavened roti today every day we eat leavened you have a very good opportunity to tell what god did in in your life so let's not just simplify it to the point that it's a human invention there is god's prescription it's prescribed in the law many of these things and they have a reason it's not just a social interaction but they have a spiritual reason behind most of these festivals uh, thank you uh, uh, dr anand uh, let me go to uh, Ms. Bhanumati. Ms. Bhanumati, Dr. Anand brought uh, the, the interesting point. It says that there is a social element of the festival. There is a spiritual element of the festival. How do you see your, uh, the festival that you celebrate? Are they social or spiritual or they're both? Or we give sometimes unnecess unnecessarily uh, a weight of one side to other. What's your uh, take on that, ma'am? Uh, see, uh... Uh, from my experience, uh, it's been uh, more uh, social and you can say it is uh, ritualistic um, because this has been going on for, uh, for its tradition, it's been going on for traditions uh, for ages because uh, it's come from our ancestors, whatever we are celebrating, it's come from ancestors and we are just taking the traditions forward. Like uh, in my house, we have three... Uh, 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 three generations living together like uh, so whatever uh, my mother-in-law does I do and I pass on to my children and it is more of uh, like social um, traditional and also there is a lot of rituals also uh, which is uh, like uh, uh, like for Varlakshmi Vardam we do a lot of food and we do a lot of uh, decorations uh, to the uh, Durga and we offer a lot of specific kind of food so a lot of traditions even for uh, a kind of uh, uh, the thread ceremony it is also very ritualistic where we follow one uh, kind of ritual 
like we, we say one mantra and uh, the, I mean, it's done by men, not by women. I'm just explaining. And there is something called uh, during this harvest festival, we do something for our brothers like Kanu Pandige, where we offer uh, the food, previous day food, pongal food to the crows next day early morning and we pray for our brothers. So there are a lot of, uh, um, you know, rituals uh, attached to each festival that we um, celebrate and uh, a lot of traditions uh, go into it. It's been coming for ages and ages. So, so ma'am, if, if I correctly understand, what you are saying that some of these festivals, uh, they have been passed on from one yes. generation to yes. another. Yes. And these general uh, passing on, they uh, more of traditions and rituals. And uh, so do you understand all the meanings behind those traditions? Or uh, we just continue to celebrate because there's a, there, there is a, a family and social tradition that we do? No, I, I personally would like to go into it, uh, try to understand uh, each and everything that I do, uh, especially because uh, now that I believe in Muktinath for the past 20, 25 years, so I have this also. So it's important to know my tradition, it's important to know my roots, it's important to know, you know what I celebrate, why I celebrate. Uh, so whatever meaning is there. So I would like to know and I have always, uh, you know, try to ask my mother-in-law, Know, what is the significance and things like that and I have whatever uh, yeah I have tried to learn whatever I can and I believe in you know knowing the background and knowing uh, the why we are doing what we are doing even if it is like uh, it's come on tradition also I would I would personally like to know what we are doing uh, oh ma'am that's very good I mean I think uh, your relationship with the with Bhagavad Muktinath and then that leads you to basically try to discover and understand more. Uh, so did you ever uh, try to make some kind of adjustment and change in the tradition uh, rituals or traditions or you just uh, once you understand you you can confidently uh, uh, do that? Uh, after my uh, believing in Muktinath you're asking? Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, no, uh, I have not made any changes because I believe that uh, God has put me in this family, in this kind of culture, this kind of background. And it is uh, definitely part of God's, God's plan to put me in this family. And uh, I don't want to change anything about it. Uh, the more I would like to know, even uh, my children, I teach however it has to be done, whatever it has to be done in a very traditional manner. And there is absolutely uh, no changes needed. And, uh, and I, I, I participate in all the uh, pujas and I, I thoroughly participate in all the uh, rituals and pujas and I absolutely don't find uh, don't feel guilty about it at all because uh, primarily I know that Muktinath has put me in this family, uh, in this culture in this tradition and he wants me to follow to the T and I don't uh, and I don't believe in making any changes in that Let me go to Dr. Vasan I think Dr. Vasan I, uh, uh, I, I, I come back with the with the, uh, these are two interesting uh, conversations that we have. Uh, Ms. Bhanumati just explained about her uh, celebration all those, uh, uh, these years and how does she celebrate with, a, with a, a lot of sense of responsibility, not only to the festival, but also to her, her own bhakti to Bhagavan Muktinath. And, and, and as, as Dr. Anand mentioned about that, uh, the, the, the spiritual aspect behind the festival, 
that you mentioned about Israel. Uh, how do you see these two uh, uh, coming together? Because this, what we see is now is history coming into geography. In the canon, this is a geography festival and Israelites come with the historical commemoration of the liberation of their uh, nation from the slavery from Egypt. I mean, in the in the Passover uh, festival. So I I see it as simple history merging into geography. So you're saying history merging into geography when you say this, that's saying because there was already a festival yeah. practiced in that particular geographical uh, 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 area. And when I, I reach, if I migrate, I mean, let's just give you example another thing because if I migrate to US, I will start celebrating Thanksgiving, which is not part of my culture. Is that you're saying? Exactly. Is that simple or it's something more than that? But then you will give your own, own meaning, uh, purpose, explanation. Uh, so that is what you take the festival, you, you celebrate it, but then you are going to give your own spiritual uh, reason in one word to say. So Israelites, when they celebrate the Unleavened Bread Festival, then they say, we are going to uh, uh, make the Passover into this festival and then commemorate that God is our liberator. So that is the theological affirmation. Ultimately, what they say is God is the liberator. This is a theological affirmation, understanding of God, explanation of God, celebration of God and witnessing to God as liberator. First, go to that word prescribed again uh, for the Jewish festival. Even though you later used another word, human discovery, but I say not discovery, it was prescribed. There is a difference. When I go to a doctor, he prescribes a set of medicines. It's not something that I discover which is good for me and I give it a name. It's something that was told to me to be done. And so most of the Jewish festivals were prescribed, not discovered. And they were prescribed and it's very specifically mentioned in the law that Moses wrote as something God asking them to do. So it's not something that uh, in a very gradual way came into the culture, Jewish culture. Having said that, when we come to Christian faith, there is no prescription of any festival, including Christmas or Easter or Good Friday. It is something that Christians started doing as a culture. So it's not a prescribed thing. Bible never tells us to do something like that. But I mean, there's nothing wrong to remember Jesus was born uh, in this world as a, a man uh, in flesh to be a savior of humankind and uh, remembering that once in a year and so that use that occasion as an excuse to tell others also about savior came for us to take our punishment on himself. So it's not prescribed anywhere and many of the things that we see. So let me get one more thing clear before I ex uh, expand it. See, we are using the word celebration many times this whole uh, seminar webinar is about that celebration aspect when remember when we say celebrate it's not just outward expressions celebration means something you believe in and you are doing it so for example I celebrate something because I believe in something 
and it's something part of me it's not because everyone is doing i do so if i do that if it's only a social thing i'm just doing the outward expressions but when i celebrate for example when i completed 50 i celebrated because i was so thankful to god that he gave me 50 years to live now if when you finish 50 i don't celebrate in my house not that I have anything against Satya. I don't like him turning 50. It doesn't mean anything to me. But I can be part of Satya's celebration. I can join in Satya's uh, birthday celebration, his 50th birthday celebration. But it doesn't mean anything to me other than just a social outward expression of celebration. Inside the celebration is only when I have something to say thanks for. So that's why I said there is always a spiritual aspect. So when we say celebrate like Christmas, for example, the only celebration, meaningful celebration for Christmas is being thankful that Savior came and let people know about that is celebration of Christmas. Same thing about uh, Good Friday and Easter. The celebration is that we remember that a price was paid for us. That is the true celebration and we talk about it, let people know about it, that celebration. Not that having some Easter bunnies and all Easter eggs, they, these all have no biblical basis, no biblical background, it's all borrowed from, even many of them are not even having Christian uh, cultural roots from first century church. Thank you. I think you have uh, made a very few interesting points that's, uh, when it went to uh, Jewish history, it was prescription. When it comes to the uh, the Christian history, it is there is no prescription. No identification and selections of their own uh, kind of. I also totally agree to Dr. Anand that it is totally important to celebrate from inside. Uh, that happens uh, with Muktinath inside you because uh, the basic uh, concept is like. And if you believe in Muktinath, you believe in uh, relationships, right? Your personal relationship. So my personal relationships with my uh, you know, family people, my relatives are very important for me. So that is the base. I mean, how I connect with my parents, my brothers, my sisters, my uncles, my aunts. You know, for Diwali, me and my husband and my children, we go and visit all the relatives because all their children are settled abroad and they're, 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 there is no light in their lives. So we just go and we just, you know, just go to their house and wish them. No, no, being, you know, like their children, they feel that, you no, know, like their children have come and, you know, the small, small things, you know, which is connected to relationship rather than um, just the outward festivities. It is definitely when Muktinath comes inside, relationship makes a very big, plays a very big part in your lives and nothing is very superficial. I mean, whatever you do, is connected to how we relate to people, how we relate uh, uh, to our own people in my living in my own house. So um, my in-laws are not bhaktas, but you know, but they are seeing my life. You know, and they are seeing how I celebrate. Uh, I am frankly, I celebrate inside out. I am very happy, and I am. I, I get a lot of uh, satisfaction. It's definitely not an outward. It's not an acting or anything. Definitely, it's from the inside because I've been doing it from the childhood. And with Muktinath, it makes more meaning because it is like how we relate with people and how we relate with our own community people and how, how uh, you know, our joy can, uh, you know, our life is definitely a little bit uh, more different than them and, and what they can see in us, you know, how we can impact without directly talking anything. You know, that all makes, gives 
these festivities give lot of meaning in connecting with people and having that personal relationship that we have with god and how we connect with our community people and what they see in us that kind of transformation it you know that definitely matters that way the celebration is completely inside out you know in the village setting this harvest festival is always done uh, to the uh, mother goddesses like uh, in our in our place we call them uh, maisamma it is called katta maisamma katta means the ba- bund water tank and you know at the water tank is a small temple called maisamma and all the villages were going there to eat the first first harvest and uh, our church leaders were also preparing to go to the same spot by the way same spot same bund same water tank and same place where that uh, temple is uh, for me that was the first first time experience then i asked how could you go and do that festival which others are doing they said no 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 we are doing the passover festival so <laughs> you i thought what do they do they also go and uh, have some meat and uh, uh, sacrifice a lamb and they call it this is the passover where did these villages get the idea that it is passover because the characteristics of both the the characteristics i mean they all go in thankfulness to god because god has given water good crop nice harvest and as thankful you know harvest again thankful but they were calling it others were calling it harvest and but the church congregation was calling it uh, passover uh, they i'm sure they do not have any knowledge about the real antecedents how passover festival was put into the agricultural festival of the canaanites of the unleavened bread but precisely that is what they were doing without any knowledge i said what is the spirit of god that led the israelites was also leading these innocent village people but that was i was fascinated well i really want to underline the word what uh, our dear brother anand has said commemoration of course what we in our word which is coming all the time celebration 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 is commemoration uh, i think we should uh, underline that word commemoration again commemoration is a spiritual aspect you know you commemorate your spiritual event aspect whatever in an outward manner giving a meaning to your own symbols ritual celebration whatever so this i was fascinated but then i did not learn about uh, that from the bible or from my study of the <laughs> other religions and all but i was fascinated and uh, for me from my childhood from my 10th class onwards i'm a ballad uh, singer uh, i narrate stories in the cultural form you know you when you do it you do it the whole night you know you start after dinner and it goes on narrating stories with music instruments dress you know singing jokes everything uh, and i used to be called to this jatras you know the pilgrim ah wow in my diocese we had two jatras one is the christu punaruddhana jatra that is the resurrection festival and christu jayanti jatra that is the commemoration of the birth of jesus 
now my question is, the experience that I got from being a narrator of a story, I was not a speaker. I was hardly 17, 18 years old at that time. But, you know, when each congregation from the neighboring villages come in a band of procession with drums, singing, dancing, bringing gifts to God, oh, that was wonderful. I wrote my BD thesis on Jatras, and I had found Jatras are a celebration, may it be of any religion, but the participants are from all religions. That has always struck me and fascinated this Krista Punaruddhana Jatra or Jayanti Jatra. I had made statistics of how many Christians participated, Hindus participated, Muslims participated. It's a baffling figures. So it is these celebrations, or in our words, we have a message. These are not celebrations in Krista Jayanti Jatra or Punaruddhana Jatra. There are three messages going on. So the good news is given to the people. And of course, I interviewed people and they begin. Jatra is one stop in their spiritual journey. I wouldn't say they come here and learn some new thing. Religion is something different. Spirituality is something different. Experience is something different. So they make a very, very big difference. If these, uh, these uh, variety of ways of expressing allegiance and, uh, and, and thanksgiving, does it uh, uh, make God unhappy or it make God happy? I mean, what is your theological uh, point on this? Oh, I have to ask God and tell you, sir. Try to <laughs> <laughs> sir, uh, see, I read in the book of Revelation, mm -hmm. chapter 7. There we see, it reads, people from all languages people from all cultures they stand before god and praise god if an american would stand there in with his english language and take a guitar maybe my indian friends would take a sitar if i don't have a sitar probably i just go and ektara or clap my hands i take my drum i think there is a place in heaven to worship god accommodating all identities all languages and all cultures this is the richness of heaven wow he's happy in other words to say and okay. god in a space in heaven for all cultural expressions in worship and this eternal worship in other words to say Wow, was a fascinating, was a fascinating to Tathasto. Let me go to Dr. Anand. The statement that God is magnanimous is not a, a, a new thing. I mean, it is through and through the Bible, that is what is taught. God came to die for the entire human race. It's not for Jewish race. It's not for um, uh, Europeans or Koreans or Japanese or Africans or Indians alone. And that's why when Revelation 7 says all tribe, all languages, all nation and all people are going to be there. That means everyone who has received him as their Mukti Data or Uddhar Karta will be there. But that is not in any way talking about celebrations. Let's not just uh, mix these two things. It's not saying uh, uh, God is uh, saying everyone who celebrates everything is the reason they are in heaven. 
no celebration outwardly have no spiritual meaning but only when you believe something and celebrate it has a meaning now you need to know what to believe and what not to believe and jews were told very specifically what they could do and what they couldn't do and uh, uh, the law that says is there is no other god the second law itself is specific that they have to have this very clear that they cannot worship any other god so that brings me to the point can we just say i can do puja of deities because most of these celebrations include this worship of a deity it's not just an outward thing outward thing has no danger i can uh, 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 put some lights i can uh, cook some uh, good food and wear good dress and uh, mix with uh, all celebration of all faith if it's only outward there is no danger but if there is a expression of worshiping a deity which is usually an integral part of every celebration around the world that's where we need to have a very clear distinction if i am coming to god if god is happy yes god will be happy if i am celebrating him whether i do it in uh, african form or indian form or korean form doesn't matter if i am celebrating him but the moment i have a, a mixed up understanding of just because i celebrate some outward things i can celebrate the inner meaning of those festivals i need to be uh, very careful because i don't think the mukti data or uddhar karta yeshua is uh, ever giving us that permission to celebrate cultures all cultures can celebrate everything in their own harvest festivals they can celebrate as long as there is no spiritual worship of a deity uh, uh, involved uh, till that point even i tell my church members who are from non christian backgrounds you know when uh, you are your paraksha uh, bandhan your sister who is not still a uh, believer but you are believer she wants to tie and she believes that she is doing it for her sake you go let her tie it on your head but if there is a worship going to be involved you can refrain and that's what most of them do when there is a house warming most of their family members are hindus uh, and one of my church members asked they my sister is calling me for the house warming of the new house they have purchased but i know there will be Uh, this uh, rituals and pujas involved in it i don't want to go i said no please go please attend uh, she had to go to andhra just for that i said please go involve in all the celebration it's a joy celebration but you refrain from the puja if you don't want and that is at least that's the way you can testify there is something i cannot do but there are things i can do the outward uh, celebration the customs the rituals are perfectly all right as long as there is nothing spiritual involved so I, that will be my answer to your question if we believe the truth and truth has set us free that's what we believe and uh, uh, when it comes to idol and idol worship i believe that idols are something which are more which is definitely um, for example for ganesh chaturthi we keep a ganesh idol um, we do puja i don't see any problem in that because the ganesh statue is not an idol to me for me what is in my heart uh, uh muktinath is in, in my heart and i thoroughly believe him i don't have any doubts or i don't have anything contradictory to that i don't have any problem that idol is just an idol for me uh, what are the what are the actual idols you know the actual idols are the temptations and you know how we uh, deal with our day to day lives how we relate with people and how how we are uh relating with our colleagues and you know there are more idols come up there 
know, when it comes to your character, when it comes to your nature, when it comes to your uh, attitudes uh, with people around you, how you relate. You know, that's what shows uh, uh, Muktinath. See, I mean, because idol is something which is, um, which is definitely not um, physical for me. How we see is what, um, how I take. So, so that's the reason why I don't have any um, problem in doing pujas. I myself sit and do. I don't feel any guilt. I don't have any guilt. I don't have any problems. That, that's because I know that I believe in Muktinath and he has definitely set me free. I don't have any problem. How, how will I, uh, I mean, people in my community know about all this. How will I reach out? And, you know, this is the only way to still, you know, to showcase my life and, you know, to really you know, live out my life the way God wants me to live. That is how I see. Idols, according to me, is not the physical physicality of the idol. That's what I believe. I was in Kerala during the time of Onam. And I saw all Christians celebrating in Onam. All Muslims also celebrating Onam. All Hindus also celebrating Onam. And when I asked, even the, the Malayali community that is at UTC, they celebrate Onam. They preach the, uh, the message of Jesus appropriated to Onam. And uh, Tamil congregation, they celebrate Pongal. And they bring out the significance, Christian significance for our lives. And, uh, well, I from the Telugu side, I had, of course, uh, started a new festival, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. But with a lot of theological struggle and biblical struggle, for me, now let me tell, uh, Brother Anand told about Pentecost uh, in the Jewish uh, time, where the giving of the law was commemorated. Okay. Pentecost means 7 into 7, that is 49. And what is that 7 into 7 is the time for the wheat harvest in the Canaanite culture or the Israelites' agricultural practice. Again, we need to know that. So you, you come back to that again. You know, there's a wheat festival. After barley festival, there's 7 into 7 time for wheat harvest. And in that, the commemoration of the giving of the law on Pentecost is again commemorated. Then again, we come after two harvest festivals, the third harvest festival, which is in gathering, that is gathering the fruits. And it is this time the festival of booths where commemoration, how God protected the Israelites in the wandering wilderness for 40 years. You know, the whole liberation history and the, and the crucial events in the liberation history have been put into the three important uh, or at the time of in commemorating the, the historical uh, uh, activity of God in the life, liberating life of Israelites are put again uh, intertwined into the three uh, major phases. So coming to my point, I would say uh, when it's a prescription or a discovery or whatever words we are using, let me tell you, prescription is canonizing. What is canonizing? Canonizing of a tradition. We have to be very careful in this. Prescription is when you put it into a word, when you canonize it, where is the canonization from? Canonization is a tradition being solidified 
canonized, written, and given, and there is it. For me, which is the church that has given a New Testament or is the New Testament that has given the church? It's the church that has given us all these epistles and the gospels. It is the church. And the church need to be so dynamic that we continue. And for me, I had a theological struggle. My theological struggle was, yes, Jesus has come to us as our savior. God loved the world and gave his only begotten son and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For me, when I have Christmas and then the next festival for me is the Good Friday. So he's born and he's, you know, put on, crucified. For me, if Christ has come to save the humankind, but I believe it is much more the whole cosmos uh, in, the, in the whole redemption activity of God, but if Christ has come to save humankind, did humankind receive him? So for me, this, this question was so much in my heart. So I initiated another festival. So don't <laughs> blame me for doing that. It is, as I say, if the tradition has given you canonization, it is the canonization gives way to the tradition again. So the, in this path, for me, it was very important to receive Jesus into the human community, which Jesus came to save. So for me, the rites of passage are very important. We are talking about celebrations. Yes, among the celebrations of the social nature, community nature, there are celebrations of the rites of passage. When I was born, I was received into my cradle ceremony on the 21st day, telling my community that here is a child and all that. So what I did was I also made a festival as cradle ceremony of Jesus. And in our tradition, we put Jesus uh, uh, on the 21st day in the cradle. You know, there's nothing blasphemy about it. We see Jesus lying in the manger. It is nothing but from lying in the manger, he has to come into the cradle, into the human fold, from the animal fold into the human fold. In one of the celebrations in this place where you have seen, it happened to be on Sankrantri. See, no one planned to make a celebration on Sankrantri. If Jesus was not... Jesus was born in 25th, which of course we know he was not born on 25th, fine. There is again a tradition that has been institutionalized now. But counting 21 days, it happened to come on 14th January, that is the Sankrantri. So now when I was there in this congregation, which is in a, in a forest actually, in a, it's a tribal community, I had seen all the houses with Rangoli and the houses without Rangoli were the Christians. I felt, I felt so bad. Do you distinguish yourself? And in this song, I am talking about preparation for the cradle ceremony of Jesus, beginning with Rangoli. You know, I bring in culture and the food and the clothes. You know, all that we are in a festivity, you know, it is ascribed there, whereby there comes a meaning and honor to Jesus. Whom, and the message always goes is, Jesus Christ, the savior of humanity, is born. You know, this is the message. And for to Christmas, many people might not come to church. But for this function, all my neighbors come without any hesitation. They know what it is, what a credible ceremony is. And all the songs that are sung to Jesus is that he is the savior. Or in the Muktinath, in whatever language you call
from one Mr. Rakesh is asking, why don't Christians participate in Indian festivals? I had people were misled by different teaching. What is your view on the on this sir? Uh, any of you can take it is uh, he's using word sir, but I'm sure he's also saying sir and or oh, ma'am. So any of you can quickly take this uh, in shortest form if, if you can respond. Yeah, as I had mentioned in the beginning, if it is just a outward expression of social uh, harmony and meeting and uh, there is nothing wrong in celebrating to that ex uh, uh, point, you know, where you are actually inviting your friends to your home or visiting their homes during their festivals, participating in some of the outward expressions, whether it is lighting up your place or putting rangoli or flowers and all. Uh, but if it is beyond that, that's where I say we have to be careful whether you are crossing the limit of going into a worship of a deity. Till that point, celebrating with your, in fact, most of the festivals are a very good opportunity to bring social harmony and get people together and uh, you know bring uh, remove differences between different faiths and this will always be there remember it has always been there in history it will always continue to be there you cannot 100% uh, make everyone think alike uh, according to one faith this there will be differences but festivals will be a good occasion to you know uh, harmonize those differences and bring people closer together but in that aspect of celebration let's not forget that we are not going beyond our own faith of what is permissible and what is not. Uh, one Dr. John Matthew actually uh, uh, has put a few questions. He has also, uh, 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 but one question is saying that how do we keep balance between the religious and cultural in the context of celebrating festival together with people of other faith? Ms. Bhanumati, would you take this question? Uh, I think... Uh... Every every culture has their own tradition. Every faith or you know every uh, sect has their own uh, cultures, their own tradition, and uh, they can definitely go ahead and follow. There is no need. Um, I mean, if they like, they can definitely participate. If Christians like, they can definitely participate. And uh, but uh, there is no need and necessity uh, to essentially uh, do it not required also if they if they wish they can do there's no compulsion so that's what i'm saying every every culture every uh, tra uh, tradition has the as its own uh, kind of tradition uh, and uh, it's it's see faith is according to me faith is different faith is one thing faith is faith is the base faith is the basement like foundation and upon the faith you build up in whichever community you are. So your community specific, you can follow your own community, your, uh, uh, your community specific uh, festivals or uh, how they, how you celebrate. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, it has to cross over and come. Uh, if they want, they can participate. So everything, whatever it is uh, to the worship. Wow. So my, my point here is, see, the agrarian culture always had, and also the, um, the customs and culture across the world, which believed in uh, 
progeneration and uh, we call it fertility cults that were there across the world it's there even in india so when moses was on the mountain for so many days aaron sees where he is gone and he's missing they bring up all their gold and make a bull which is part of a fertility cult where they worship these so what was wrong why did moses get so upset and break the tablets is just that if it is just we are just showing an expression to god in our own form can all that be acceptable because they were worshiping a a a form they had created with gold and god's anger was expressed through moses in that he broke that so we cannot say no just fertility cults are there so we express to our real god in our own forms we have to have a very clear distinction what is permissible what is not i actually feel very offensive when i i stop you uh, you three of you such a, uh, a to, in, in talking but then uh, uh, my producer is has been telling me for the last 5 minutes that we have exceeded the time but uh, uh, before we actually close Uh, just one a uh, uh, 30 seconds if uh, if you have an answer because the question is also are we are we are talking about syncretism are we are, we are promoting that so just 30 seconds three of you just want to say something how to how to be uh, commemorating celebrating uh, the festivities in india and uh, remain faithful to our allegiance and bhakti to muktinath deshwa 30 seconds to three of you right there is no culture to faith if there has to be any culture to faith all christians must follow the palestinian culture but that is not the case jesus christ came into this world he comes into every culture and will be adorned by every culture thank you for, uh, uh, dr basan dr anand yeah all all cultures can celebrate jesus in their own form nothing wrong as long as you are celebrating jesus and jesus alone uh, there's nothing wrong in celebrating jesus and that's why christians in india they dress in a certain way they speak in a certain way when it is kerala it is different it's not it this is different it is central india it's different in korea it's different in africa it's different but we all ha- are celebrating jesus we can do it in our own forms but it has to be very clear am i in any way crossing the boundary of going into celebrating in the form of worship another deity thank you ms banumati your 30 second yes uh, family is important culture is important tradition is important so muktinath is most important so with muktinath in your heart celebrate heart out don't not to feel guilty of anything and uh, be in your family that's very important be in your family remain in your family be faithful to your family that's what god also wants that's according to me thank you uh, thank you so very much dr basan dr anand ms bhanumati thank you so very much for this wonderful evening mm-hmm.